I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. It's going to be Wakanda forever until BP2 comes out. So <laughs> y'all just going to have to deal. I'm exactly. sorry. Just deal. Um, y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. We are back again. Yes. We got the whole Wu-Tang Clan I've in got the, the donut in my hand with the chocolatey. <laughs> it's all over the one, fingers. The one that, but I'm trying to be respectful and like <laughs> sneak little tidbit bites on the side. So if you hear some smacking, I'm sorry. Don't, <laughs> hey, Richard, that's when you know it's good when it's all over your fingers and you don't care nobody looking at you. Yeah, I don't care anymore. You're like, I'm going to lick them fingers when I'm done. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa, cult jam mm-hmm. in the house. What's up, Lisa? How you been, girl? It's been a couple weeks. Good. I'm right now just in the middle of um, got some stuff for the short story thing I've been dealing right. with, so looking at the option and trying to figure out finagling some things that I want to do and, you know, screenplay stuff yeah. and, you know, just a lot of stuff, options, and just looking at some stuff that I've been working on and um, having a lot of fun reading. So I've just been enjoying being at the beach, finally with some decent weather, and just reading a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've catched up with some shows, okay. and I must say this, and we'll talk about the next episode. Yeah. I have seen all the movies that I, re- I said I was going to see for the yeah. summer movie thing. Yeah. So in the next episode, I'm giving my thumbs. I'm going to tell you what not to waste your money on, <laughs> and what you might want to consider looking at. Okay. So it'll be like the end of the summer right. kind of review. Well, Our we review. all know what I'm on. Slow down. Yes. <laughs> now, we all know what not to waste our money on. Oh we all know that. Okay. Damn. See what we you got know. yourself into, Kia? <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be some fun. <laughs> the disappointment. <laughs> Chris Derrick in the house. What's up, Chris? How you been, man? I'm good. Mouth good. full of food. Mm-hmm. Smelling like fried green tomatoes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the... Um, <clears throat> It was the Writers Guild thing yesterday. Oh, you know, you, like I that. went on Wednesday, yeah. That was uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what was you happening? Know, well, you know, the, you know, the, the, there was just a, the next update about um, like David Goodman, David Young, and, the, and, the, and most of the negotiating community gotcha. were up to talk about what, what, where things are with the agency campaign. Gotcha. Um, Phyllis Nage was there. Really? She could, yeah, she actually got up and was asking questions. It was, huh. inter- it was interesting. It's interesting. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just I'm I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. You know, I mean, like the stance that David took was, you know, uh, do we go forward with what we're doing or do we cave? Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "Look, you know, it's all about the election. You know, yeah. so if you if you vote for to keep the current people, then we stay the yeah. current course. And if we don't, c- c- you know, keep the current people, well, then we all become slaves. And uh, that's it." Well, in a nutshell, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So today, we got our new young sis on the show. Little writer, little author, little little pimp girl herself. (laughs) Got her little brave, trying to be cute like Mm. she on the West Coast. Okay. Okay, I got to show up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Kia Brown. Uh, author of the new book. Tell us what the new book is. The new book is The Pretty One on Life, Pop, Culture, and Other Reasons to Fall in Love with Me. Uh, and it's out now. I love that. Totally That's it. cute. That's cute. I love that That's title. current, too. Okay, I like how that sounds, like, too, it? And she's like, you know, this is why you should fall in love with me. Buy the book. Buy the book. Right, right, right. Link will be in the show notes. material, so, you know, take me out on a date or something. Okay. 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 Hey, if you don't ask, you right. ain't going to okay. get it. Exactly. So I heard that. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So welcome to the show. Um, Kia is um, 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 
you're read by um, Rachel Miller. Yes. Rachel Miller is a good friend of the podcast. Shout out to Rachel and hey, um, Rachel. everybody over there. Apparently. What's up? What happened? Uh-oh. <laughs> he, he Rachel. Like he got some gossip to tell, didn't he? Okay. <laughs> refused to disseminate the podcast episode. Oh, yeah. That's right. What so we tell? have to call you out, Rachel. We, just, we have to call you out because, because we just have to. Sorry. We love you, but we have to call you out because that's, that's how we do it here. Yeah, that's a little bit of blasphemy, isn't it? Well, you say, I mean, she blasted it on blasphemy, you know, Twitter you said, and shit. Blasphemy, blasphemy, yeah. Of course, yeah. it's 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 high blasphemy. <laughs> Ooh, it's high blasphemy. Excommunication <laughs> type <laughs> offense. No, <I'm> <laughs> well, the Rachel, in here. I know that you're busy, so sure. not, look. I, well, well, and here, well, and here we have the apologist. Go ahead. Yes, what did I say offline? Finesse it, Rachel. You ain't got no job. The diplomacy. <laughs> diplomacy. You, you, got two th- look, you got two or three assistants. I know. Like, she ain't doing nothing over there. You got a new building, so there's janitors and stuff like you know, that doing work. She got work, like so 50 people working for her. That ain't nothing. Eight. I know. You yeah, know. Working, kicking back, <laughs> getting massages. Okay. Come on now. Exactly. A massage would be so nice. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go to the third floor in her building, and then you can get okay. it. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's that little secret room. She always talking about she busy, and now she ain't going to get a massage. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. She didn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Kia. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm yes, so excited, y'all. I told you we crazy. <laughs> I love that. I love that interview. So can I just say, ahead, start off from the bat, that I've... Before I even know who you were, I was fully aware of who you were before I knew who you were. Really? Because I remember, uh, and we'll, we'll let you get into it and talk about it. It was the mm-hmm. hashtag. Which one? Disabled and Cute. Oh, yeah. In 2017. Okay. And I remember I had was a lot Was you on there, Kia? Yeah. She yeah, created yeah. it. She was yeah. on there yeah. throwing her little... Mine, you know. And she was in my hometown. <clears throat> okay. And of course, one of the things my hometown is very Which wonderful in doing, San Diego. Okay. And my hometown is, is, is very wonderful in gifting people with brilliance <laughs> and ideas and making them feel good about themselves. It's in the water. It's in for the those water. five days that they exactly. totally take over my town and ruin my brunch spots. <laughs> but I am forgiving. I am forgiving. But um, yeah, I remember because a lot of my friends who are activists and things, I just remember the hashtag just popped up so fast and mm. people were sending pictures and it was really, really cool. I thought, wow, this is awesome. Right. And I don't think, I'm trying to remember if I followed you or not. You know, I follow so many people. I don't even remember anymore. It's hard to <laughs> It's hard to, you know, and then I have my bootleg burner accounts too, so I'm like lurking everywhere. So sometimes I'm bad, like, oh, I'm not following, oh, I'm following this person over here on this burner account. Okay, I'm good. But um, yeah, so I was aware of you, and like I was telling you when I first walked in here, usually when um, books are about to drop, usually I get the pre-sale stuff, or I always make a list of stuff and get samples of things that I want to get when they come out. And I was like, why do I know? this name <laughs> but I was going by the titles like why do I oh I already had like which since the book dropped I had already had it in my queue uh, on my sample because you know on Amazon you can get a sample of the book where you can see the table of contents I actually love that you, I do too that's the best because you can read like the first Listen, chapter or two and the fact that you allow me to read a first chapter mm-hmm. And not get my feelings hurt when I pay my little monies, <laughs> and it's not that good. At least I right. get the opportunity to decide. Like it takes me a couple of pages to get through, and then right. I, I like to see the table of contents, and I like to see the stuff. So I already had it in my sample page. I mean, I have a little playlist of books that are about. You to famous, kid. Look at you. So I was like, why do I know this name? It's like, why do I know this? Why did I know this? And I'm like. I got hashtag bestseller. Now it makes me realize now <laughs> I need to go listen, back. That's what we want. We do want a bestseller. Let's yeah, be clear. Yeah. Yes. I've gone through my reading list <laughs> and I'm ready. Yeah, we would love that. Yes. But continue. So Kia, um, tell everybody where you're from and how you how you um, came up into this. I am from Western New York. Okay, that's enough. So <laughs> oh, okay. Another New Yorker. Okay. Yeah, that's me. I'm from Western New York. But New York. I do I do love the West Coast. I'm not mm. one of those, you know, I don't Hate the West Coast. I love the West Coast. Right. I'm sorry. There are people who hate the West Coast. Oh, most people from New York do not like. Yeah, the East Coast. most people, people from, from East Coast are that hating. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, everybody it's, I know. I'm sorry to interrupt you, thing. Kia. And everybody I know, like including Pamela, like when she came here when she was on Fame, every time they would take hiatus, she'd be back to New York. Like she could not stand to be here. What do y'all hate about? Sun and roll <laughs> tacos and wearing Birkenstock sandals all year round. Here's what they hate. And, and y'all, it's too laid back. It's too <laughs> laid back. Um, you know, 
But there's Kia no said projects, she likes it. you know. She there's no projects, it. and there's uh, you know, because you know, the thing is, it kind of bothers people. So you come out. We here. got projects. Don't let them fool you. No, 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 no. <laughs> we no, got. No, 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 we don't have us stacked on top of that. That's what I'm saying. Wait, we're both too busy. Don't do it. Because I know some sections. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying there's not poverty. I'm not saying there's not poverty. I'm just saying there's not those like big housing projects that are like so ubiquitous and like a city and shit. Been a big city, you know. And you know the fact that there's Mountain air, I think, hurts people. You know, <laughs> from the from the, the Why East Coast. I just think because look, mountain, mountain, mountain air. air? <laughs> Are you people even human on the East Coast? I'm just letting you know. I'm letting you know. I think it's because I don't live in the big city. Maybe that I don't feel that same. So it's a treat for you when you come in here. Yeah, here. because you said I, you like, buy Niagara Falls, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it okay. snows all the time and it's mm-hmm. cold all the time. I get it. So ew. that would be I get like I. I like being warm. Mm-hmm. I like being comfortable. I like like you're feeling like, like I can wear. You're like cute. you're like my mom. She's from Pittsburgh and did the same thing. Right. It was like cold, and so she got a chance to go to California. Saw the Rose Bowl on TV when she was like seven. She's I'm going to live here, <laughs> and that's what she did. <laughs> so dreams, children, do right. come true. Right. Like, in January first, like, it's seventy eight degrees. Like, forget the snow. Right. Like it's, it's been worst. snowing for six months. Right. It literally like in West New York, we have all seven seasons in one week. Oh I'm sorry, God. there are seven seasons? And like, <laughs> right, but like, the snow, the snow comes the longest and it never leaves. And then you mm. have like, spring for three seconds, three and, then, three and seconds. then summer, and then it's just back to snow. Right. So... I'm well, like, oh, well I think the snow is disappearing shortly, but um, <laughs> oh, I know oh, climate change. Turn it. Damn. Well, I guess y'all ain't going to worry about that ever again. Okay, so New York, yes. Western New York. Okay. I feel like I have to be clear because people. She's are very like, specific. So yeah, forget people, you, East Coast New Yorkers. Like, no, because people are like, don't say you're from the city because you're not from the city, and like that's real. I understand that. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, take anybody's. You know, shine or whatever. I'm mm. from over here at Western New York, where it's cold as freak all the time. <laughs> okay. And um, I don't, I've been writing professionally since 2015. Okay. okay. And I've been, you know, just. Were you were you writing as a kid and everything? Yes, like that? I was writing. First, I was writing really bad songs, <laughs> and then really bad poetry, <laughs> and then really bad short stories. They're better now. But, you know, they were really bad at first. I was just trying to get things down. You know how you think that you're, like, the only one in the world who's, oh, like, yeah. angsty? You're like, this is, this is great art, you know? Right. This is and then you get online perfect. and you find your people. Like, yeah, oh, we're right. all here. Yes. And so that's really how I started, like, like young, young me. Because mm-hmm. first I was like, I want to be a lawyer because I was watching All oh, I Know to SVU. <laughs> and I was like, let's go courtroom outfits. Like, this is right where I'm at. I want to wear something cute to the courtroom. And then right. I realized how much work okay. it to right. actually And you're like, I can lawyer. actually look cute. <laughs> right. Without having to go exactly. through all the school and stuff. Right. But I was like, I could actually write and still look cute. That, mm. There you go. It was a, it was a revelation. And so mm. ever since then, I was just like, all right, I'm going to write. Okay. And wear cute outfits. What were some of the early things that you were writing? Um, one of the first things that I wrote that got published was a poem for, I think it was, I don't remember the name of the place, which I feel bad about, but I think it's like some, something with party in it. Mm. And I thought it was like the best poem ever written. Cause you know, again. <laughs> Do you remember it? It was like, I think. How'd it, was, it go? It was like a letter. It was, I had them in like sections of letters from one month to the next. Mm-hmm. Like one month was, so June was writing to July and July was writing to okay. August. Oh, okay, right. So I mean, that was clever. <laughs> I, I, wow. You know, no modesty. Okay. <laughs> no hey. modesty. You know, like I read yeah. the actual poem like a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I mean, shout out to it being published, but. It wasn't but that's, the as best. a writer, you grow. Though. Yeah, you right. grow. You do, you grow. and that's why that's why I have to look at it because, boy, it was. A, I was publishing a couple of books for poems too. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, I like poems. Mm-hmm. I like sm- I like shorter stuff too. I feel like there's magic in being able to tell a story or tell something in a short amount of time right. and be able to do it well. Right. I'm like not flash, well yet. Like right. Like right. Like flash, flash, like flash flash flash. Well, no, you know, I was gonna say, you know. Um, I probably read a poem every day. Really? Yeah. I get this, uh, there's a, you know, I was telling everyone last year, I still read it, but I haven't talked about it much, um, Paris Review. Mm-hmm. So Paris Review, if you go on their site, you can sign up for their daily poem. Mm-hmm. And they just call their archives from the last 60 years and just send oh, you a okay. poem like every day. Are they like inspiration or is it just all just random? random. Kind of it's just oh, okay. stuff in their thing. And you just, yeah. I mean, but it's the beauty of it is like you're kind of saying is, it's like, 
people people can tell stories a bit. This is the I, I I tell people about the screening all the time. You can tell a big story right. in a poem in like ten words. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you just created this whole like new universe, and you're just like, wow. Right. And you put and you probably blow someone's mind. You're like, that's what you need to be doing when you're writing screenplays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. totally. So after the poetry, <clears throat> the short stories that you were writing, what, what were some of the things you were writing? They were like very. The characters I was writing were very like dysfunctional. I have this like obsession with people who don't have it all together. I, I just <laughs> I, like I, that. I, like I that. love it. Cool. I think it's so interesting mm-hmm. to you know write about a woman who is very you know sure of herself, but she doesn't have anything really going for her. Like I like trying to figure out how you can make somebody who is technically um, you know, really going through it and like not mm-hmm. necessarily somebody you would root for right. and how you can make them a person that people will root for. Right. So a lot of my short stories <laughs> feature like, you know, women who have gone through it and are like just trying to get on the other side but still have so much work to do and like they don't mm. necessarily see that what they're doing mm-hmm. is wrong or that they could be fixing it. They're mm-hmm. just kind of a mess but they're a mess on a page and you still kind of care about them. You know what? That, now that you said you, that, yes, I love those type of characters <laughs> because you know what it is? I get secondhand embarrassment because right. I recognize traits in myself in those right. characters and mix, and I think that's why I like that one. Um, what's the Amazon show that you hooked me, hooked me to and you said you didn't like the second season? Uh, Fleabag. Fleabag. Oh, I think yeah. that's why I love Fleabag so much because she's like the messiest character mm. ever and she does the stuff that are cringy but it's real and I relate and I feel like that's kind of me in a way <laughs> when you think you got it together and you really right. don't and you're just kind of like shuffling along and hoping people don't notice she didn't have it together at all but and you know what so... how often do we get to see those characters kind of like uh, Jillian Flynn the writer and her characters they're just like these messy you know right. sometimes you just want to throttle these women but you just love these characters mm. and I think I want to see a lot more of that especially in short stories and films because you know it's just I don't know. I just it's a way for you to connect to characters, and the fact that you really enjoy those women who don't it. have it together. Yeah, what it does is makes me feel good about myself too. It's like you know what? I don't have everything, and it's okay. I'm not alone. I right. love that you know who you are as right. a writer already. That's right. that's important. Yeah. Right. Since 2015. Okay. That's amazing. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was going to say I think it's interesting <laughs> because I think we 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 um uh there's just we're at this stage with film and TV where um, particularly film where it doesn't it's no longer aspirational hmm. right it's all about trying to create it's all about trying to show the dark side of people hmm. uh, you know I was, like last night I happened to watch this movie called Shall We Dance this Fred Astaire movie hmm. so like and I remember I only watched it because I haven't seen it in like like 35 years and it was one of the first like like musicals that I watched, and I'm watching. And I was what like, "What year is that? Like the '40s?" 1937. 37. Okay. And I was watching. And I was like, <clears throat> "Look at the fucking world that I mean, the world they live in. Right. You know, I mean, yes, they're going through their same kind of like it's it's a romantic comedy struggle, but like the apartments, the staterooms on this yacht, like it's right. so decked out in this high degree of like um, of Art Deco." And I was mm. like. You never do this today. Right. You couldn't do it today yeah. because people feel it's too alienating because it doesn't speak to enough people's experience. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's okay. where, you know, uh, is what you're saying is that people, is that, that you want to see stuff. And what you're saying too is, is that you want to see stuff that tells you more about who you are right. mm-hmm. and, right. and what We're, you're going relate. through. You can relate. Right. You can relate. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, and, and it can't necessarily just be like the, 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 like the base emotion, like the base emotion in a romantic comedy is, I want to, you know, fall in love with this girl or fall in love with this guy. Mm-hmm. And that's just never enough now. You know, so now it's like, I'm so fucked up. I'm so fucked up. Right. But I still got to have my love, right? Right. You know, so that's, you know, and it's almost like that. Second, I need somebody it's, else it's, to complete yeah, or I need that thing to it, complete. Yeah, me. there's this really great <clears throat> line on like Michelle Branch's last album. I love this lyric. It's called, it's like um, let your demons play with mine hmm. is what it is. I oh, was like, true. that's like really that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, you gotta like uh, do that. So, Kia, you are part of a new wave of that I've been seeing the last few years in terms of people who are using social media to to voice new thoughts and give people new information, and that people are listening and actually getting book deals and actually 
getting representation, also mm-hmm. getting recognized for the work and able to like kind of like jumpstart writing careers mm-hmm. based on your own unique voice, which is something writers are always mm-hmm. trying to cultivate, mm-hmm. you know, your own unique voice. And a lot of people are doing that on social media. Can you just take us through the steps from when you did the viral hashtag and the whole the book thing? Because I think it's the most fascinating thing. Well, thank you. You know, because it's like it's happening so much, but I want people who are thinking, I can do that too. I want them to know exactly how things happened. And you still have to be good at your craft, people's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be thinking you're going to make it a hashtag and yes, millions. That's, that's still, you still have to have a voice. You still have to be able to write some things that, that move people. So can you kind of take us to those steps? I'm glad you said that last part because I think that's important. A lot of people think that I made the hashtag and then it was like bam she got a book done. right right like no actually i was writing the entire time you hear that people <laughs> i was writing on publications through the hashtag right and just steadily writing and my agent found me on twitter mm-hmm. in part because of the hashtag right and i had you know four or five that reached out and wanted to work with me so i put them on a speed dating thing where i had them call me and tell me why they think we would okay be a stop good fit. can i yeah, just stop can i put it on pause for a moment she said <laughs> what she said is it <laughs> she kept her power mm-hmm. and just basically said no you tell me why I need to fucks with you mm. <laughs> as opposed to I'm so desperate anybody come right. take me I'll give right. you put them on okay continue okay I wanted to say this we were saying two episodes ago about voice mm-hmm. writing mm-hmm. voice how hard it, how, how people don't know how to do that it is. Mm-hmm. So people who are listening, if you're listening to the way that Kia speaks and how she's, uh, it's like there's a humor in what she's saying. Right. Mm-hmm. That's on the page of her right. work. Right. That's her voice. Right. So when you're writing, you got to write what you speak that people respond to. Mm-hmm. Don't try to write like an academic and, and, and think that you're trying to be cool with big words and everything like that. We don't need any more word you salads, know. people. <laughs> Shorter <sorry>. sentences. <laughs> Five word sentences only. <laughs> Vary that stuff. Keep going. Yeah. So I, and this isn't like a, like this, it sounds like a confidence thing, but. But for me, I just I didn't know how to make the choice about who to choose. So I set up phone calls and I and I had everybody tell me why they thought that we would work well together, what it is that they do and what they think they can bring to the table. Okay, she grown. Look at that. Right. Like no, but like I literally was like, I was like, like I wish I was doing that the first time. I was like, what can you do for me? Exactly. I was literally like, otherwise I don't know how I'm going to choose. And then. Yeah. Um, when I met, you know, Alex, my agent now, we just mm-hmm. kind of clicked. It was immediate. I was just like, you get what I'm trying to do, not just for book one, but right. like overarching career wise. That's important. And th- it's so important mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people are so focused on like the first one. And I right. think it's so important. And I love my book very much. But you also have to have somebody who has a plan for your whole career. Some longevity. Right. Yes, you know. right. Because you don't want to just be one and done. You want to be like one and let's just keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, it was like, the hashtag went viral in 2017. So what can you just tell us why you decided to make the hashtag? Oh, okay, yeah. So essentially, I made the hashtag because I was feeling really good in my body for the first time in my life. I was very like depressed and uncomfortable, and I hated myself because we live in a society that tells disabled people that we aren't worthy of being loved, we aren't worthy of being liked, we shouldn't even want to be alive. Mm -hmm. Because you see these movies and these TV shows where disabled people don't even make it to the end of any of them. Please. If I have to die for one more non-disabled character in a movie, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, why, why is that romantic for people to see a disabled person be like, oh, I'm so unhappy. Let me just kill myself so that this girl can get insurance money Mm -hmm. and, you know, she can live her life. So I can of her life because that was in me before you like he kills himself and then the girl that he fell in love with she ends up getting money or whatever I don't know how he did it Mm -hmm. because I was like F that movie honestly Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then you see and it's like people have this idea where it's like disabled people should only feel sad and depressed and angry because how dare you want to live in a body like that and for me it's so important to to tell the opposite of that story Mm -hmm. and to show people that, yeah, you know, those feelings exist, but here's the other side of it. Here's Mm -hmm. what it's like to know what that is like and live in that and then be on this other side of being like, hey, I'm cute. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to live. I like living. I think there's something worthy about it. Mm -hmm. So for me, starting that hashtag was just the beginning of finally celebrating feeling good and then it sort of took off 
and went viral and then we were like global by the end of the week because That's I right. think other disabled people needed permission right. to love themselves right, and right. they needed someone to be like hey here's a place where you can say I'm proud of who I am all that I am can, can we, I'm gonna can we just tell everybody what, what exactly do you have you I have cerebral palsy okay so what if it, it, it's a mild case that affects mm-hmm. the right side of my body so mm-hmm. my reaction times are slower I have. Um, I don't you know, see it at all. I mean, she'd just be going, doesn't she? Yeah, I talk. This because I talk too much. I just. I just. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? You talk like a pop culture person. Yes. So I recognize that. Yeah. Right. Okay. I love it. Okay. I love it so much. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I have a slow reaction time. I have, it's weaker on my right side. Hmm. I have a limp when I walk. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's a milder case because it's terrible. I want to be clear that cerebral palsy comes in a variety of forms. Right. Some people are wheelchair users. Some people are non-wheelchair users like myself. Mm-hmm. Some people use canes. Some people use walkers. So right. it's a, it's a wide ranging disability. But sure. for mine specifically, it's cerebral palsy <clears throat> hemiplegia on my right side. Okay. 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 All right. So hashtag goes viral. Yes. Do you start getting inundated right away from people? Right away. Yeah, it's, it's immediate. How did you maneuver that? Because I, I, I mean, one thing is exciting with the hashtag, and then when people start coming at you, sometimes it has the opposite effect. Sometimes it really makes you just kind of just want to shut down, like, oh, it's wait, too wait, much. Before you answer that, what did you say on the hashtag that got the attention anyway? Can, you I remember? just posted pictures of myself, and I said, shout out to my sisters, brothers, and mm-hmm. non-binary disabled people. We're cute. And um, something like she's trying to get her brother Terry out. Okay. Yeah. Like, no. That's cute. I like that. No, I was I like, that. <clears throat> like shout out to all of us. We're cute. Mm-hmm. Basically, like we're cute. We should say it. And if you want to join in, great. Mm-hmm. But I was on deadline, so I left Twitter, finished um, the article I was writing, mm-hmm. and then I came back and it was trending. Yeah. So it was like literally just posted four pictures because it was from the heart. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. It right. was genuine. I didn't mm-hmm. think that it was going to go viral. I was just like, I hope y'all use it. Okay, bye. Right. And right. like, and like I left and came right. back. And people were using it. I mm-hmm. thought it was just going to be like my friends mm-hmm. who used it and been like, "Oh, Kia, this is great." You know how your friends guess you are, right? Right. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be that," and then right. it's just going to be whatever. But people like um, publications started reaching out to write about it. Mm. Like Cosmo, when Cosmo reached out to me, I was like, "Holy, can I curse?" Yeah. Did okay. you hear us? Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. God damn it! I mean, God damn it! You <laughs> but you never know. You know, sometimes right. people are like, "Well." Oh, so I was just like, holy shit, Cosmo is reaching out to talk to me about Ooh, this. Ooh, she cursed. Okay. Ooh, I'm telling you. <laughs> gotta bleep that out. We want, we want people. Like, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling Okay, so Cosmo reaches out to you. <laughs> she'll be like, Kia. When she listens, she'll be like, Kia, I know you did not just curse. Sorry, Mom. Um, but yeah, Cosmo reached out and Yahoo. And then like when I was getting calls from people from Japan, and I got a call from a guy from Russia who wrote about it. And I was wow. like, this is... So cool because mm-hmm. I literally made it for myself, but the fact that I was able to give, you know, the community right. of people with, you know, a wide ranging disability, mm-hmm. both visible and invisible, mm-hmm. a place to feel like they could celebrate themselves. I was like, that's the best, you know, outcome for it that yeah. I could have ever had. And like you said, it's how you said, like, it's like people are always kind of waiting for, to get permission to do yes. it. And you really don't need it. It's just, no. but sometimes for some people, you just need that one person to t- stick that toe out in the water and test right. it and. You know, people will follow. Because I remember yeah. when I was looking at it and scrolling through, everybody had their cute pictures mm-hmm. and po- it was just amazing. I mean, it was just global. Right. You know, it's like, wow, that's really awesome. And it was really positive, too, that a lot of people who are not disabled were like signal boosting and saying, hey, everybody, check out this hashtag. This is mm-hmm. awesome. You know, that kind of stuff. And then, of course, you said, you know, magazines are coming for you. And, and, and from there, like I said, how was it when you started to like, <laughs> Was there a come down moment like, okay, this thing has happened now. What do I do? How do yeah. I? Oh, yeah. There's always those. Okay. So it was like two weeks later. I was like, okay, well, that's done. So I'm going to go back to writing. I was like, <laughs> assuming. I was like, well, I can't, you know, just sit here. I'm going to go back to doing work. Because I was like, I'm not just going to rest my, my right. you know, my, is it the mm-hmm. loyals? My loyals? Yeah. My whatever. Yeah. whatever the word My laurels, is. yeah. My laurels. Thank uh-huh. you. See, I'm not that smart. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm smart. But, but you like, know what? You could have been making up a new thing. Right. It doesn't have to be laurels. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be. Chris. I'll just do what I want. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Though. Thank you. Don't be looking at me like I'm short. <laughs> Let me tell y'all. Let me you tell y'all right now. Oh, he's using his daddy voice. He's using his daddy voice. Okay, he's using the bass in his voice. I will turn this car around. You guys, he, 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 he can use it. I'm gonna turn this car around. Voice. I feel that. 
If you guys want to say what you want to say, say what you want to say. Don't be bastardizing what already exists, though. That's just a sign of being a fool. If you want to be a fool, I applaud you for being a fool. You know, the world needs fools. So we can laugh at them. Daddy Chris, simmer down. Simmer down. Uncle Fester, don't let me take you about the store. Thank you for thank you for telling me because I really was like, what's the word? But I didn't get going in the bar. Stop to ever go. But yeah, I didn't want to like rest on it and and let that be a thing that people were just like, oh, that's all she has. Like I was like, no, I'm gonna keep writing, keep working. So you. You know, you can't not see me. It mm. was really about just being make, making sure that people didn't forget who I was. Right. And it wasn't just like, oh, she created this hashtag, but it's all she did. Like, no, I'm also writing cover stories for Teen Vogue. Right. I'm, I'm writing for Glamour. I'm writing for Harper's Bazaar. Okay, like, girl. I'm right. booked. See, you right. know. Okay, wait, wait. So, booked and busy. Booked. I'm booked and busy. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> so this I don't know what y'all doing. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thing. Janine always talks about this. Mm-hmm. Janine Sherman. Sherman Barwa. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you have to be ready when things happen for right. you because you don't know what you're doing and all of a sudden it like clicks and it connects with people and it's like, and you can't let that like change your trajectory mm-hmm. because you are, because what you're saying is you're writing and stuff like this so, so, mm-hmm. so, so you're already moving forward. Yeah. You just got the signal boost to, to, to change your frequency on right. who reads you. Like, if you just happen to go out and do one thing <clears throat> and then are, you know, just basking in the sun of that, mm-hmm. well, then you're, here we go with another, because you're making me think about why you said this Laurel <laughs> thing. Here's the thing. It becomes too much like an Icarus <clears throat> situation where mm-hmm. you fly too close to the sun and you fall down and die right. because you weren't ready for the whole thing. You weren't, keep, you, you weren't doing the work mm-hmm. and you let that like brief moment of fame affect you too much right. when that's not what you were going for in the first place right. you know so right because when it rains then what like you have no you have no umbrella no safety net no nothing it's Gore-Tex is <laughs> but I just really I really wanted to make sure that people didn't think that I was just you know this person who created this hashtag and didn't do anything else I was like no I'm a journalist and a writer first I created this hashtag and I'm really glad that it's doing well but I wanted to make sure that people knew that like there's something behind it right. you know there's something behind me in it so after that I just kept writing I went back to it and I I didn't let myself be like too panicked for too long like mm-hmm. I gave myself I think a week and a half and then I was back out pitching Ooh, you're so generous and doing stuff mm-hmm. you gave yourself a week and a half yeah I gave myself a week <laughs> yeah. and a half because I mean I was still doing like interviews and stuff for so I had like I had stuff on the docket but I wasn't writing anything right right and then um, I was just like alright I gotta get back to it there's yeah. no time so to waste so speaking of which can I just tell you is this not the cutest book cover mm-hmm. thank you is that not cute I like it because they caught her in the, the moment the sassy got her little thing going like, like but I want to talk about the title okay because you are a twin correct yes so explain the title because a lot of times people are looking because I love the, the subtitle and all the stuff but the pretty one why is that the title of the book i want people to hear why i think well i wish that i could say i came up with it okay um the person who acquired my book her name is jante kupia and she was the one who came up with the title of the book because first it was going to be the freedom of a ponytail but that didn't really i don't think it encapsulated the full collect the Mm -hmm. full collection and i was like i don't i don't like it it doesn't fit Mm -hmm. um and so we went back to the drawing board and she was talking to one of the other people in in-house at Adriel before she left. And she was like, they think that, you know, you talk so much about your sister being the pretty one in the book. You talk so much about that process for you and like learning how to accept yourself as one. Why don't we name the book The Pretty One? And as soon as she said it, it was like, you know, the light bulb went off and mm. there was just stars everywhere. And I was like, this is literally perfect because for the longest time, I only thought that one of us could be the pretty one. Wow. But now I know that like both of us are, there is no either or it's mm-hmm. like, okay, she is the pretty one and she's always going to be the pretty one, but so am I. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, I'm the pretty one. And so is she. So mm-hmm. I thought the pretty one was perfect for That's that. Cute. And can just like talk that. about some of Cause I know one of the ones that I think it might be your favorite. Cause I, you just talked about the ponytail one. Um, tell us about what's inside the book, the collection of essays yeah. and things. Okay, do you want the titles or just oh, what's you want? You can give us what? Okay, give us all the things. All the things. <laughs> so the book runs the gamut, and I did that on purpose because I think sometimes people look at 
people who write about marginalizations in their own identity, they think that people can only write about one thing. So mm-hmm. a lot of people think that I can only write about disability. Right. But I was like, nah, I'm, you know, I have the range. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that I wrote about ponytails and I wrote about pop culture mm-hmm. and I wrote about music and I wrote about grief. Right. And I wrote about friendships. And I wanted to make sure that I wrote about love. So the book literally human has... Human shit. Yes, yes. Exactly. Human shit, exactly. Is there, is there some foodie things in there? Yes. Okay. I definitely <laughs> talk about cheesecake. <gasps> Are you a cheesecake aficionado? I am a cheesecake aficionado. God bless you. I love cheesecake. God bless you. Cheesecake <laughs> over everything. Honestly, truly. Now, I wouldn't go that far. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I love cheesecake so, over so, everything. Wait a minute. So you like, you like cheesecake over pie? Yes. Okay, interesting. Yes, I, do. Yeah. Right. I do. Wow. I like I like layered cake, you know. Because I don't like cake. any other type like, of cake. Like, like okay. a fudge, like a fudge, like... You know, like a lemon cake. cake. She said like cheesecake over cake. everything. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like attitude. <laughs> <laughs> no creme brulee. So, you know, you, look, yeah. you need so, to go home if you don't like creme brulee. It's just, <laughs> there's a door right there. You saw that cake Pam made for me. No, I mean, creme brulee is good. One. Yeah, but there's something about the variety of cheesecake. Yeah, there's the just so many options. We love options. Right. But, um, yeah, so I wanted to make sure that the book wasn't just about disability because disability is the lens through which I see the world, <laughs> mm-hmm. not always the subject. Right, right. Okay. I mean, it does That's look good, cake. but it just doesn't taste good. Okay, like cake, she got the gut. Cake, <laughs> no, right now. Cake can look no. good. It just doesn't taste good. There you go. There um, you go. Yeah, so I just wanted to make sure that the book was a full, arching sort of exploration of who I am as a person and right. a writer. So mm-hmm. I didn't want it to just be one thing. I was like, this is going to be everything because mm-hmm. I'm everything. The you know? iceberg. So yes. I'm going to say this because this is something when I when I saw the, the chapter about the, the ponytail. Mm-hmm. Can you give, give me the correct title of that chapter. Freedom of a Ponytail. Freedom of a Ponytail. Which is a great now, title. Yes. Way. Thank you. Because there's a reason behind that. I want mm-hmm. you to talk about that because here's one of the things as little girls, I don't know if little boys get this too, mm-hmm. and my, my non-binary folks <clears> who do with hair. <clears throat> One of the things growing up that there's many phases of growing up and things that let you know that you you reached a milestone. Okay. And one of the milestones for me was the day that you're able to do your own hair. Mm. Like, let me tell you, I was like eight years old, and my yeah. mom finally said, I'm going to let you, and it was a Saturday, and we weren't mm. going nowhere, so I think <laughs> she had some ulterior motives yeah. <laughs> for that to be the day. It was a weekend, we weren't going anywhere, we yeah. were going to be in the house, so if I really messed it up, my mom was like, we're secure. But I didn't know that. She just said, yeah. I'm going to, now mind you, I could not wait the day, because it's, you know, playing with your hair was fun, mm. and you know, you're playing with your Barbies you're and stuff. Dolls, yeah, yeah. they're dolls. And I just remember being so, it's like, it was as if I was going to Disneyland. I just remember, I can see it now. Chris all still excited, dolls, still excited in bed, waking up the next morning, getting out the blue magic hair grease. <laughs> yes, blue magic. Yes. yes, blue magic. The three, and if you have my, if you have the hair texture like me, which is like three different textures, you have three different types of combs mm-hmm. that you have to use and brushes. Right. So all the accoutrements, child. I had all the accoutrements there. <laughs> I had my old, okay, just, I'm probably aging myself. We had record players, children. Oh, what? Record players. What's that? D-Tracks from a record store. No, and, this, and, and listen, show. listen. Mine was so used that I had to actually put the quarter on top of the thing to keep the, to keep the needle yeah. down. They put the needle on the record. Listen, I am aging myself, but I don't care. And I was playing my little Michael Jackson records. And the drum uh, beat. And what like, album mm. was that that came out? Mm. I want to say. Oh, the wall? No, 78, it must have been Destiny, the Destiny album. Okay. Shake it, bite it down to the ground. Let's dance. Let's, Let's shout. shout. Hey. So mind you, I got Michael Jackson playing, right? Got the Pop-Tarts tartan. Got Pop-Tarts. That was shit. Listen. Y'all don't know nothing about that. I was Strawberry prepared. flavor. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was prepared. Had the, now, if you're a black girl, you remember these. The little bubblegum twisties with the big bubble thing. Oh, oh, yeah. And it took you a while to learn how to tie it and wrap that bad boy. Listen. Old school. And I remember seeing the little cartoon in the inside. You can have those in there if you want, but they look like big old giant jawbreakers. So I had all this, the rubber band, the thick ones, because I had thick hair. (laughs) So I remember this big ritual of finally sitting there, and I I have a lot of hair now, but Mm. I had more when I was a child. So mind you, me being yay big, Mm. same hair, but not locked. Just, I look like a big Samoan, really. That's what it looked like. I look like a big Samoan with big Samoan hair all the way down to my butt. Because when I unraveled it, I was like, oh, Jesus, this is, this is more mama. <laughs> She's like, no, you want to do it. And I remember doing the brush and the combing. And it didn't come out the way I thought it was, but it was such a momentous thing because I did it by myself. It was empowering. It was sure. very empowering mm-hmm. to be able to do your own hair. Jumping off from that, 
because of this, this this essay that you wrote, can you explain why that that being able to do your opponent in a ponytail was so empowering for you in a different way? Yeah, well, because I couldn't unassisted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people take ponytails for granted in that you just assume that everybody can be able to take the hair and the ponytail holder mm-hmm. and wrap your hair in the ponytail and wrap it around your head. But I couldn't do that for the longest time because right. my right hand wasn't strong enough to be able to hold it and keep the hair in place mm-hmm. for my left hand to wrap it. I'm trying to like visually show no, it, even good. though I'm talking. Mm-hmm. But like, so my right hand wasn't strong enough to hold the hair while I wrapped the actual ponytail holder around with my left one. Right. And I just always had to wear my hair down. I would put it in those clamps. Now, I have chronic migraines, so I could never wear the clamps for long because they would make my migraines act up. Mm-hmm. And um, it was always like, if I needed a ponytail, I had to ask Leah, my sister, or my mom, mm-hmm. and be like, hey, can you help me? And they have to like stop what they were doing, or I have to wait till they were done mm-hmm. doing what they were doing. And I was like, this is this sucks because I'm losing that bit of independence. You know, mm-hmm. when people are, you know, going... Especially in high school, like we would go to, I'd have, I had gyms second period, which is a crime against humanity. You should never, it was the worst, Mm -hmm. but I could never do, I could never have my hair up on those days Mm -hmm. because I could never, it would always look a mess after gym class and I could never take it out to fix it. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't ask the white girls in my class because they don't know how to, like, (laughs) they didn't know how to do, you know, black, black Mm -hmm. girls hair. And I didn't want to ask, like, the other, the one other black girl. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Jennifer's like, I got it. Um, But I didn't want to ask the other black girls in the class because I didn't want them to know either. Right. So it was, it was like the shame that I carried all throughout, you know, high school. And I think the only time that I wasn't really shameful, I mean, I was still kind of shamed about it in college, but mm-hmm. I think I cared less, a little less, because I was like, well, everything else is fine, so this is um, what it is. But then once I finally learned how to do it my, on my own, I was just like, this is the best day ever. I mean, I cried like I won a Pulitzer. It was, <laughs> it was a big, it was a big deal because I was like, this is another marker of my independence. Right. So that's one less thing I have to, you know, be a grown woman and ask help for. Right. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help. I want to be clear about that, but there's also something. It is if you have to do it all the time. All the time, right? So I get that. And so I didn't want to. I didn't want to always be the person asking, mm-hmm. you know, my sister back, hey, can you put my hair up on a ponytail real quick? And mm-hmm. it's like, now that I can do that, you know, you can't tell me anything. Right. I feel like, you know, now I can take on the world. Who I love that. Who I knows what that. else I can do after that? Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it was really important because I wanted to... That sounds like sh- that'd be a good short, like just like that whole moment and watching her finally go through, being mm-hmm. able to do it and she felt like she took on the whole mm-hmm. world. Yeah, I mean, it really... Tell me nothing. Nothing. Right, it really did though because mm-hmm. I think... For me, it was just like, if I could do this, then I can do something else. Like, everything else feels possible. Like, I have a list of things that I, you know, I talk about it in the book, like a list mm-hmm. of things that I can't do or couldn't do. And I was like, once I did that, I was like, maybe I can do those things. Maybe mm-hmm. they're not impossible. But I put that essay in particular in there because I had published it. It was the only previously published in some form essay that had already come out before the book had came right, out. Right. And people really responded to it because I don't think that anybody ever thought about it being such an important thing to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to show people how sometimes we take for granted the things that we can do with our bodies that some people can't. Mm -hmm. And why it's so important for us to think outside of our own experiences when we're looking to, you know, just be in the world and be kinder to people. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was so important for me to put that one in particular in the book. Let me ask you a question. Have have, have you seen this movie called Mustang? Maybe... What's it about? Yeah. Mustang, I, I want to say it's this French <laughs> film about, uh, it's about uh, black girls in France. Oh, okay. It's, yes. 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 It's, yes, I saw it only once, though, and it's been a... I just remember there's a really interesting moment in, like, it's like the, it's like the first act break where she, as, I love this little moment, but it's like, she, the, the way the movie's shot, she's shot kind of like in... Um, the frame is kind of like in, like she's kind of always kind of trapped in the frame and the way it's shot until there's a moment where she uh, she her mom tells her to do something that's a self empowering moment because mm-hmm. you were saying we do a short and it's like and then and and after she does that the camera the frame kind of just like expands out wider and wider for the rest of the movie she's shot with a lot more space around her hmm. in the in the like in the movie interesting kind of touch to just you know touch to show. To show something visual that's going on in someone's head, because you don't mm. feel like, 
I'm hearing you talk and it's like, oh, it's like I feel like I can take on the world now because there's so much. It's it's interesting. It's like it's always a small victory mm-hmm. that someone takes that kind of like is this this turnkey mm-hmm. for a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you're talking earlier about people who aren't together and they don't know what that small little thing is. It's because there's a small little thing that if they were to switch it, then, then they know. you know they would know. And then and then the rest of the world. I mean, not that they be 100, percent but they, they can put themselves together and not right. be fucked up right. as much. Right. So I'm not saying you were fucked up, but I'm just saying. No, I see what you're saying, though. It's, it is. It is about the small victories because those help you go to the bigger ones and those help you realize that if you can do small things, then you can do the bigger ones when they come. It just it allows you to remember that nothing is truly impossible. It's about right. opportunity and it's about time and patience mm-hmm. and pace, Yeah, really. Yeah. I was just thinking about I was just talking to somebody the other day. I did the Q&A for the new um, Loose movie. How was that? Oh, so good. Oh, my God. So I want to see it. I love Octavia oh, 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 on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on Friday. Yeah, yeah. I, I still want to see that. So and after Wait, it was o- Octavia Spencer's in it? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. I love her. Oh, my yes. God. And, and, like, Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. Watts. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Calvin Williams, the kid who stars in it, I mean, he's going to be the next shit. Um, he's like our American version of, like, all the young British actors. Anyway, he's back. So um, it reminded me, so somebody said to me, um, oh, well, you know, I love, like, listen to you do the moderation and stuff. And, like, boy, you must really, you know, like, organize your thoughts and, you know, work out. Which, you know, I was like, I just kind of showed up, watched the movie and went, okay, I just saw the movie, so I'm just going to talk about what mm-hmm. it. And they were like, boy, you up there, like, so confident. I thought you knew them. You guys were high-fiving and stuff and whatever. And I was like, I was just... I'm being me. me. A movie geek is a movie geek. <laughs> and I do this every week. I interview people every week. Yeah. And she said, um, she says, I swear to God, you are the most confident person I know. And I says, actually, I'm super insecure. She said, really? I said, here's an example. This is just something you might be able to relate to. Mm-hmm. So I was born with a hole in my heart. So I have, and you guys know, I have a big scar on my chest, right? I had open heart surgery. So did my sister. So, oh, she did too? Yeah, yeah, she okay, did Okay, cool. And so... I'm really insecure. Like, I'm in good shape, Mm -hmm. but I'm always worried when I know we're going out of, we're going out of town, not this week, the following week for for Scott's birthday, my husband, and we're going to be like at the pool. So in my head, like just eating that, I'm tripping out going the, because for me, it's like the better and the leaner and the ripper I am, the more I feel like people aren't looking at my chest. Yeah. You know, they're like, now they're going, oh, look how lean he is. Look how ripped he is. But as soon as I have anything, I'm like, oh, my God, uh, look at that scar. Yeah, oh, my I God. Like, <laughs> but I feel like I'm seven years old and people are going in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. immediately. Yeah. And it hurts. Aw. No, okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> what, that is so, I that's so real, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. You, you try to do something else to try to, like, overcompensate or excuse something yes. that you can't change. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's literally what I spent the majority of my life doing is trying to make it so that people could talk about something else. Right. So they wouldn't want to talk about my disability. Mm-hmm. Right. But it took me learning that it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. to be okay with people talking about right. it. Because whether or not Because you people, seem very confident, which is something I'm attracted to. I love that. Well, Thank you. Well, yeah. well, well, I mean, I'm trying. It, right. yeah. it took well, years. The thing about... The thing about scars and things like that and about disabilities is that I... This is this is from my this is from me. I want to ask about it, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to ask about exactly. it. Exactly, and that's I feel the key for very. Well, maybe that's a question you, you, we should you, ask. You know, right. and, and, and a lot of times I I feel very. Um, um, uh, I, 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 if it's something about me, but like just okay. So there's a friend of mine who like is in my writing group, right? Mm-hmm. And when I first met him. You know, he doesn't have, a, you know, like an arm. Like his right arm is like missing. And I just was like, I still want to know that fucking story. Like, right. wh- like what, what is that? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like, you know, but I never could ask him because I, because I just, it felt strange to me to ask him like, hey, how'd you lose your arm? Right. You know, because, because I don't know if that's the right language to say. It's not. Or could it be yeah, born Ideally, born it's not. It's right. not. For me, no, it's I'm, not. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I hate him. In my head, I'm like, that's not the right thing to say. I'm mm-hmm. like I said to him. And eventually I heard, like, I remember my friend Steve was like talking about how he had cancer and in, in the bone there and that's something like that. And that's, and they had to amputate the arm. I was like, oh. okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I think that people who don't have the disability don't know 
the language to say sure. to ask someone about that. I mean, just like, I mean, there was you know, I'm I'm better at it now. I mean, there's a friend of mine at my job. He had this massive scar on his arm, mm-hmm. and I had never seen it before. And I just said, I just had to ask him because I was like, I was like, how'd you get that scar? You know, and he was like, oh, you know, I was in this car accident and this car hit me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know what? People actually want to tell you the story. Mm-hmm. They want to m- not make it a, a, like a wall between. Kia, for you, is it about, is it about the tone and how they ask you? It's or about tone it? and respect for me, I mm-hmm. think. Because more often than not, I'll get people yelling at me. Really? Um, they'll be like, hey, so what happened to your leg? Or why are you walking like that? Or what's wrong with you? Or when was the car accident you got in? Or why do you, right, why right. do you, why is it like that? Why do you look, I mean, this is like shouting at mm-hmm. me. And I think it is really, because like you said, people do want to tell you their stories because they don't want it to be awkward. Mm-hmm. But it's about the way that you approach them. Mm-hmm. Right, right, I think you need to, I think it is really about being respectful and talking to someone and expecting or hoping for a full story. Don't just be like, hey, so why is your arm like that? Or hey, so why is your hand like that? Or hey, why are you limping? Just be like, hey, so tell me about yourself. Like, like let's, you know, that's start a swag. conversation. That's, that's why I walked away. That's a pimp walk. Right. Hand walk. Don't, don't recognize. I see what I do. This cane's got a sword in it. I got a sword right here. What he just said, I do what I do. But it's just, I think that people need to to remember that you wouldn't ask a non-disabled person like hey why are you wearing that shirt or hey right. why are you it's kind of aggressive too, yeah right? it's, aggressive. it's aggressive so it's, it's like if, if you can approach somebody like for me I much prefer when someone comes up to me and they're like hey I'm you know Jolene it's nice to meet you like I, I had a question what you know could you tell me you know why it is that you walk the way that you do or just approach it like like you're looking for a conversation mm-hmm. and you want to have like a back and forth right. not a hey I want you to tell me this thing and if you don't I'm going to shout at you because <laughs> I think it really is about being okay with someone not responding to your questions right. and being okay with you then having to go home and google mm-hmm. you know because I think a lot of people just expect disabled people in particular to be down to talk to them about whatever it is all the time but mm-hmm. it's like sometimes we don't want to talk about it so sometimes you just have to go home and do your own research right. but for me I often respond better to people who start a conversation like a full conversation mm-hmm. and it's not just like hey so what's wrong with you it's like hey I'm so and so it's nice to meet you right. let's learn about each other mm-hmm. and that I think for That's me important. That, and it's, mm-hmm. it's ever learning I'm still always learning because one of my friends who has a disability like over the years because of, of health issues and things like that really had to like pull my coattails because a lot of times I was like those people now when I say I was we're talking about when I was like teenager years mm-hmm. where you know you go to places and stuff was yesterday and, and that was like two <laughs> weeks ago <laughs> where you would go places and you know how we have like the, the certain parking for disability parking right. and stuff and then it's what we call now like the quote unquote invisible disabilities things mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily physically see but you don't know the person's sure. status mm-hmm. where you see people parking the spot and they right. get out and you're like ain't nothing wrong with them right. they're just yeah. walking all over there man they could have just had over there and they're not real you know she's like you don't know there might be some people who can walk a little bit right yeah and then they have to rest and sit mm-hmm. you know it could be something like maybe they pass out if they're too far away you just never know and so it was like really a, a learning and continual learning of how to do it and me i was kind of like you in, the, in a way when something happened i'd be dying to ask I'm, i mean you, you're but curious as, but, but the writer in me would just make up these elaborate stories and so I'd just act because i didn't want the people to feel uncomfortable and i felt like well maybe if they want me to know they mm-hmm. would just tell me eventually right but as i'm right. sitting there i'm thinking like okay this is a person well you know at least you shouldn't ask because maybe they might have been born without that arm you can't mm-hmm. just assume that something happened to them tragic, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So I just make up stories in my own head. Right, that's the thing about and then my wait until they know. say something. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting. But I, I just have a little mm-hmm. joke. Not a joke. It's just a story about the 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 car, the thing. I remember one time I saw this guy. Um, he zoomed up in a Ferrari and he pulled into that uh, the, the the you know like the disabled parking. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, really? And the guy bounds out of the car, running. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on? And then he comes back. To the car, runs back to the car, and he gets the little uh, the placard and like throws it like a, like a like a, fris- a frisbee throw to get into. The- I was like, this. I was like, what's going yeah. on here? It's like so. It's so strange, you know. Yeah. Um, that's entitlement. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. And I was kind of saying to myself, uh, yeah. "What's going on here? What's going on here?" But then I found out later on that he is, like like he has um, uh, some sort of he has some sort of issue, some sort of like uh, some sort of like. Um, 
uh, is like a mental health thing. Gotcha. You know, I mean, he got a lot of money, mm-hmm. but he still needed that. It's oh. like like he was he, saw, he was running out of the car because he's he's agitated. Mm-hmm. You know, is and it kind of affects him. So I mean, I'm not sure how he's able to like you know, like how he got the placard, but he did. But but he but it's about the assumption, right? It's, it's yeah. like hey, how we assume. Okay, yeah. you come with him in a Ferrari. I mean, you think someone's got a Ferrari? You're right. like, okay, what's going on here? Right. And they're running mm-hmm. afterwards. You're like, okay, next, so what's really going on mm-hmm. here? You know, but it's not it's, it's not always about. What you assume it is, right? And that was the lesson I had to pass on to some people when I would go, like you know, as you guys all know, I go to different cons and things like that, and they'll have special seating for people with disabilities, and they would have certain people that would be sitting there that didn't look like they had a disability, and people were like, "You shouldn't be sitting." I'm like, first of all, you shouldn't be approaching that person because you don't know what's going on here. So it'd be best if you just kind of fall back a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the people who need to be there and we're in a space that recognize that fall back. So it's kind of like paying it forward. Like you might not want to go up Mm -hmm. to be telling people, I don't see no crutches or no nothing on you. you mm-hmm. just, don't police like, you nobody. Don't, right. don't be right. Don't be policing nobody. But that was a lesson I had to learn because my friend had to, like I said, pull my coattails and say, don't assume you know something, you know. Let me ask you I one I tell people question. all the time because I think it's a marker of a lack of representation. Yes. Right. We see disability as one thing and a lot of times it's wheelchair users and a lot of times it's white wheelchair users and people don't think about the fact that there are so many that the disability community is so wide and so vast that there's so many different ones and you never know that it's going to just be one thing because it can never just be one thing and so people have these preconceived notions because of our pop culture right and so it's hard to to navigate that. And I want you well, to get into I mean, that in a few minutes well, about I mean, pop culture. Well, I need to wrap it up. Okay. Yeah, but but it, but it goes back to what I was saying before about how for so long, you know, like you know, like uh, film and TV was just about aspirational. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the aspirational was, you know, what's the best light we can show everybody in? You know, and, they, and everyone to steer away from these kind of situations where people like were not falling in that top percent that, that they wanted to, they weren't representing it right. I remember, uh, I mean, movie still haunts me. Um, Lynch's uh, Elephant Man. Oh yeah, you know? awesome. it's such a a powerful movie, and, it, and anyone who hasn't seen it. Is really slipping, not seeing it, mm-hmm. but it's it's a really interesting film. I remember it's it's a little difficult to watch. Um, well, I watched it as a kid, so I don't know what it is now. But you get this sense: it's like you know, he the whole thing is a, he just wants to be looked at as a regular person. Mm-hmm. He knows that's not going to happen, but in his mind, he does. Like he has to achieve that sense of you know, I am who I am and, and, and I have my gifts and yeah. I, have my, I have my flaws too because everyone has their flaws mm-hmm. you know they're just not so put out there the same way <laughs> and I think that's kind of where we you know this thing about the representation where it's like that's what you, I mean like that's what we want to see more mm-hmm. you know of um, just because it just makes things you know like like a lot more um, well rounded in what mm-hmm. we see you yeah. know so, let, me, let, me, let me just ask you one more, one more quick question um, we have these di- like we have a different a bunch of different committees at the Writers Guild. <clears throat> we have a disability committee. We have a bunch of stuff, right? Sometimes we have panels on like how to deal with these types of situations, especially on film. Mm-hmm. What types of things? You mentioned something earlier, um, like there was a film that something bothered you when you saw it. Um, there, me before what, you. What, before you. What types of things could we as writers? That was my question. Oh, was Perfect. it? Okay, Perfect. good. Yes. What types Perfect. of things that we as, as weird writers are you tired of seeing in, in movies? I'm tired example? of writers killing off disabled characters. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not that you can't kill people with disabilities it's just that there's never a purpose behind it it's right. like oh they had to die for the emotional turmoil of a non-disabled person or they right. had to die it's like freezing, further, freezing women freezing yeah, disabled yeah for the you know advancement of someone else and it's like why can't we live to the end of the story mm-hmm. why do you treat and also a question why do writers write disability like it's the worst possible outcome even in the shows that I love like the show Jane the Virgin at one point spoiler I mean the show's over but at one point Michael had to have a surgery and if he didn't have the surgery there was a risk for him to be paralyzed Mm -hmm. and so he would have to be a wheelchair user for the rest of his life if something you know went wrong quote unquote Mm -hmm. and just the idea of it there was so much shock and horror and pain and we do spend a lot of time talking about how people come into disability and how you know they started out as able-bodied and so that's Mm -hmm. why they're so depressed because they're no longer but for those of us who have been born with disabilities and this is all that we know and we love ourselves and we want to see ourselves represented 
in it and we want to see us fall in love and have a happy ending I think mm-hmm. we deserve that too and so for me specifically because I can't speak for an entire community what I want to see is a happy ending what I want to see <clears throat> is someone who looks like me you know be given the full range of human emotion and be given the space to you know be complicated and be messy and still be rooted for I mm-hmm. want I want a character with a disability who knows who she is or knows who they are, know who she is, but still doesn't have to apologize for being disabled and doesn't have to be like, oh no, but I hate myself, so how dare you love me? Or, oh no, let me just go ahead and kill myself because it'll be better for you in the end. I don't want that anymore. I'm tired of it. It's exhausting. Well, I did two things on that. <clears throat> well, three things. One, I think it's interesting you said about how it's perceived when someone is able-bodied and then they become disabled. Like, mm-hmm. that's like a different... I mean, like, that's kind of done a lot in yeah, stories. Play, it's played as our yeah. worst fear. It's, right. yeah, it's right. a lot of fears. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a... But although there's a really fantastic movie about that mm-hmm. called um, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. I don't know if you've seen this movie. No. About this guy who was like the editor of French Vogue or something like that. And he... Um, is that is that is this called um, um, Diving Bell Syndrome where you just become completely paralyzed hmm. except for this guy's eye and he wow. and so he had to like he, he some sort of brain aneurysm like that. and so then he's like it's all about how he learned how to speak again hmm. by blinking his eye oh yeah that's right. really, I think I did see yeah, it's a really yeah. really fascinating movie it's because <clears> it's <throat> a story about triumph about mm-hmm. how he was able to like go through this and everything like that mm-hmm. you know I think that what you're saying about people who are born with it I, I think it's harder for people I'm not sure why but it's, it's, it's a harder thing to write for some, I, I think, just because there's not enough people who are born with it who are writing it. I, I, I mean, I thought they did a great job with that in um, your boy's movie last year, The Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Because the, have you seen The Quiet Place? Yeah. Because the, I mean, she's like, you know, I mean, there's a little issue with the family and everything like that, but, you know, she kind of, but, but, but she's the one who triumphs at the end. Yeah. You know, and she, she has a superpower. She's a superpower at the yeah. end. Yeah. She's yeah. That, and she's yeah. right. casted by an actually deaf mm-hmm. actor. Exactly. And that's important too, because right. so often you get these things where these able bodied actors come in and they get these awards and these accolades for playing disabled. And it's like, oh, yay, you got up out of the wheelchair once they called cut. Congratulations. I think that there's so much nuance missing and there's so much power missing when you only cast able-bodied actors as playing disabled people. Mm -hmm. And it just, it frustrates me because, yeah, it's hard. It's not easy to write you know, a story about a person who's disabled from birth, but that that means that you need to give the people who can't actually do it opportunities to do it. It's about the fact that we're telling these stories where it's like, yes, disability is played as our worst fear, but right. why is it our right. worst fear? Right. Right. I live every day. People are, people are so afraid to be disabled like me that they will literally tell me like, oh, if I was you, I would have killed myself. Or if I was oh you, God. yeah, I've been told that. I've been told if I was you, I would have killed myself. Or I could never live like that. Well, good for you, but I, I'm living like I, that and yeah, I'm but happy. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't I, think it's as cut and dry as being like, oh, well, it's... You know, it's it's hard. Okay, well, life is hard, but we still have to depict. It, I mean, it. you're right. right. You're, you're not. I think the, the I think the one the one failure that people see about that is the true <clears throat> essence of the human spirit is adaptability. You know, because uh, let's just say you had to go to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know how that life is and messed up. But you know you got to adapt mm-hmm. to keep going, right. and I think that's just what it all what it, what it all is. If, if you know, like you said, life is hard. You got to adapt. People who and people who feel <laughs> they can adapt are actually weak because it's like, mm-hmm. dude, everybody has a problem that could come up, and it happens to people all the time. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? That's just what it means to be human. Like you have to adapt. Right. For sure. So, so Kia's book, everybody, the pretty one on life, pop culture, disability, and other reasons to fall in love with me. What do you want people to get from this book when they get it? I want people to change their perception of what disability is and what it can be. And I want people to question why it is that we don't see more disabled people in our popular culture. And I want people to leave the book feeling good about themselves and the world that we live in. Right. I believe that, too. Final question. Go ahead. If you and I were to walk into the Cheesecake Factory... (laughs) (laughs) The best Which place? flavor are you getting? Oh and I already have my favorite. We're just going to compare. I won't tell you. Okay, tell me yours first. Let's put this in the show notes too. Okay. I need to know. Um, I like. Oh my god, there's so many though. I am like in love with the Cheesecake Factory. Um, the turtle cheesecake is really good. What did you say? It's the, the turtle. Tur- the turtle cheesecake. I think it's Never called. Heard. It's like the. 
caramel. There's the caramel de leche, luche one. Oh, leche, yes. De leche, yes. That one's good. There's the... um, there's a Snickers cheesecake. That one's good. They used to have rest in peace because they used to have this. Rest in peace. They don't Kahlua. have it They don't have it anymore. They don't have it anymore. This Kahlua cheesecake that was the best cheesecake in the whole building. <laughs> and I, I tweeted at them. I was like, "What happened to it? Like, can, who can I talk to to get it back?" And they were like, "We can see. We'll see what we can do." But nothing ever happened. And they never responded to her again. <laughs> they were like, "Girl, they, they blocked her and blocked her." They were like, "Listen, there's nothing we can do." But I'm like, "Who can I talk to? Because I miss it. It was so." Good. That Me, was my favorite. I'm a, I'm a Godiva chocolate girl. Oh, yeah, that's they a good one. They put the Godiva chocolate thing on top with her. Oh, my God. And the layers. It's just so rich. You'd eat one, and then you just have a stroke, and you lay there for a while. <laughs> but and it's then, worth you, it. then you wake back up, and you eat the rest. Yeah. I'm so it's happy you're cheesecake person. I love cheesecake. From chocolates? Uh, I'm not a cheesecake cheese aficionado. Yes. I love it too. Well, well, thank you, Kia. We appreciate having you. Thank you for having me. This. Oh my gosh, y'all! And shout yeah. out, shout out to Rachel Miller again for yes. having yes. you. Of course. Hi, Rachel. And please get the book, everybody. I yes, already had and didn't realize I had it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why do I know that name? That's hilarious. Oh, the link. Book. So right. I'll put a link to the to the Amazon page Absolutely. in the show notes. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Thank um, you, guys. Wh- where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Oh, whatever? yes. So I'm both at Twitter and Instagram. It's the same handle. It's Kia, K-E-A-H underscore Maria, M-A-R-I-A. And you can find out more about my actual, like, physical long-form work at KiaBrown.com. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also on Facebook at The Kia Brown. The Kia Brown. Cute. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Where are you at, Chris? Go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Chris? I'm at um, Unauthorized Media. On uh, Twitter and Instagram. Oh, did you change it from CBD? What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> See me, Kelly. You don't even know who you is or who you are. No, it's, it's unauthorized CBD. Okay. Okay. On unauthorized media. <laughs> well, that's my company. Right. That's you're what I'm saying. Yeah. I am doing you're too doing much. You're doing too much. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa, Colt, Jam. Don't think what I'm you not at? doing uh, I'm on what, what Fresh Hell is this, although I have like three other Twitter handles, but I'm not telling you who they are because I can dip in and out and say shit that I need to say that sometimes my friends don't want to have it straight, no kicking from right. me. But my alter ego can come in on the side and be like, bitch, let's have a conversation real quick. I can dip in and out. I can dip in and out. And police people. Dipping in and out. Dipping in and out. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show. Screenwriters are are on Twitter. Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, whatever you guys listen to. Follow the show, share it. Um, whatever stuff like that. Where are we at, Chris? What else? So t-shirts. People get the t-shirts. I know a couple of people bought t-shirts this week. I noticed. Um, mm-hmm. thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> Patreon page support us because we want to do a live show at San Diego. I'm working on it. Yes. You know, we, we, but no, we got I'm not a working year. On it. We got a year. You got we're a year. No, we're doing it. But people got to support so yeah. we can do it. Next and Comic Con. And get, get to good venue. We want a good venue. And I might break yes, out and dress up. We might have to do some oh, cosplay. Okay. You know what? If we, You know what? If we do that, we need to do some cosplay. I'll do some cosplay if people support it. Okay. If people support it, we'll do some cosplay. We come do some cosplay. What should I do? Kelly said she ain't going to even come if we do it. Ain't that a <laughs> I'm gonna come dress as Eartha Kid and Anna Lucasta. You would. Oh my god! And, and see and see if anybody recognizes the character. I if not, my feelings are gonna be hurt. I don't know who I would be if I had to cosplay. I'll think about it. But support us so we can That's cosplay. Good. Yes. All right, That's people. Funny. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, thank you guys. We appreciate everybody listening to the show. We also have a Facebook page. You can check that out too. Um, thinking, thinking. There's so much shit going on. Um, yeah, well, this is cool. Thank you, Kia. Thank you. Thank you. Chris, Lisa, mm-hmm. appreciate you. Jenny, um, thank you. Richard, appreciate y'all, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> uh, y'all know how we do it on a rant room. On this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Forever. Oh, it's forever. I keep forgetting forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> Ciao, people. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. So you wanna be a writer?
well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the red room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes, there's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.